This week's episode is brought to you in part by FNX Fit, a fitness supplements brand that can get you hooked up with all of your pre, post, during workout needs as well as other nutritional supplements. Use checkout code CARLPOOLING at fnxfit.com to get 15% off your order. Salutations once well, again. I'm sorry, beam- yeah. Oh, did I start with well again? Yeah, I just had to goon you real hard for that, real quick. Man, I just it's I just go to the well, well, <laughs> constantly because well, the well, well treats me well. Anyhow, <laughs> that's all. I, that's all the versions of well I know. I could try and say the word whale with like a southern laziness whale. that makes it well. But mm-hmm. I won't do. I won't do that, um, except for just then. Mm. Well, come back. Oh, nice! Thank Good you move. to the greatest podcast in the history of podcasts, Hunter. I felt attacked this week. <gasps> I was on Twitter, and I know that's sufficient explanation to me saying yep. I felt attacked. Yep. Um, although it's usually being attacked by my own my own doing, mm-hmm. because I think I have the moral or stamina reserves to fight with 75 different people on twitter simultaneously if they're all anime no girls are they really people uh, you know there's less and less anime girls these days and more oh. and more furries ah it's oh. just look that's the future that's the future of the internet it's no. furries all the way down it's just nft furies isn't it, it? Furies? Yeah, sorry, I said that wrong. You it's you just went in ancient it. Greek on it. We <laughs> need did. to yeah steer back to the opposite of that. Except for there's still a lot of gay sex, so I guess it does have that in common with the ancient Greeks. The well, ancient there's Greeks. The, there's the explicit tag. Good work, they Chris. Did, they did not just because I said that. I have no idea. I feel like I don't know. Maybe not. Hydra kids. <laughs> Hydra kids. The ancient Greeks. They really did not discriminate, though. It was just... No. When you've got that much olive oil. Anyhow, Hunter, we have a big show today on Carl Fooling. Yeah. It, it is... Uh, I, I'm excited about it. We're going to talk about something that literally everybody's talking about, but hopefully in a way that people aren't talking about it yet. So I'm looking forward to it. If you don't know why you're here, you're here because God wills it. Oh. And this is Deus Volt. Deus Volt. And uh, let's see. This is the the podcast that'll get you fired. Don't listen out loud at work if you like your job. If you hate your job, this could be an excellent way to quit. Full I don't want to preclude you from doing that. We always say don't listen at your desk at full volume. But seriously, if you do, if you're looking for the exit, or if you've already got another job lined up and you're ready for you know, your grand, your grand quittance, go ahead and, and just back it up about 60 seconds ago to the part about olive oil. <laughs> just just crank the volume up at your desk, okay? It's oh, going man. to do the trick. Uh, we talk about religion, psychology, philosophy, art, science, literature, all the things that you're no longer allowed to have an opinion on unless it is the approved opinion of doctors 
And by doctors, I specifically mean two doctors, Dr. Jill Biden and Dr. Anthony Fauci. Yeah, Can you imagine Dr. if they had a baby together, Hunter, how doctor that baby would be? Oh, my God. Uh, Dr. Fauci, it's good to see you, sir. <laughs> I, we would just call it Dr. Doctor. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And they'd be like, why Dr. Doctor? And then they'd say, oh, well, she kept her mother's first name. <laughs> I don't even That's, know if that makes sense. I don't know if it does, but I get I get the vibe, and the vibe makes sense. You know what I yes. mean? Yeah. Yes, the vibe definitely makes sense. Hunter, it's four minutes and 11 seconds in. Is that time? That's time enough. That's enough rambling, don't you think? That's enough babble? Sh- sure. Release me from my eternal weekly torment. Mm-hmm. The dark bleakness interspersed only by the bright light that the flaming roadkill provides me. Similar to if there was actually flaming roadkill and you were driving along the road at night. It would yeah. be a, that it illuminates my my landscape in a similar manner. Yeah, it's like, hey, we're driving down the road and that possum's on fire. Can you imagine rolling up <laughs> just as you're driving if you <laughs> you roll up on a flaming squirrel or, or some kind of maybe uh, an, an engulfed skunk, an immolated badger, and you were just like, what kind? Like, what would you think? What kind of horror movie have you trans- been transported to if someone's oh. out there immolating the roadkill? I would be like, Last of, Last of Us 3 has a weird start. <laughs> I, think, I think that should be the Carl Pooling movie. When we get around to making the Carl Pooling movie... Yeah, yeah. It'll be us against like a weird cult of like hyper vaccinated uh, <laughs> post trans humans, you know? Yeah. And they're all wearing furry suits. And they're like, <laughs> there's just a furry suit lit on fire on the they're side of the road. To, with like, they're coming to us going, Would you like to buy an NFT? Sounds yeah, so that's good. so good. That's a great idea, the NFTs. Let's yeah. talk about NFTs for a second. I'm trying um, to get us some money, Christopher, so don't, don't be too harsh, okay? We need we well, need the cash. <laughs> hold on, let's maybe we don't need to talk about NFTs for a second. <laughs> the whole point, the whole value proposition, in my opinion, of of cryptocurrency is its fungibility. Like that is what makes it useful for transactions. It's limited in supply. It's controlled by the blockchain. No one can inject into the monetary supply there's all of that but at the end of the day the fact that it's fungible means that it's useful comparatively right like that's why it's a currency because i have six and you have three and then we determine supply and demand and scarcity and all those things off the basis of that right okay does that make but but something has to be fungible for that to happen yeah in a world where right click save as exists Uh, yes no one cares if you have a picture of a Bitcoin. We care yeah. about if you have the, the, the number The number in the blockchain is all we care about. Mm. Why do I care that you own the, the license plate to that painting? You know what I'm saying? <laughs> like, I don't... When you get it to the fungibility period, I don't understand it. Yeah. Um, yeah, I'm probably bizarre. wrong. I'm probably... Look, I'm, you're going to come over to my meta mansion in the future, and I'm going to have no NFTs lining the parlor. I'm going to have like an NFT my daughter made or something <laughs> just like put on my meta fridge. It, is that is that macaroni art? 
Yeah. Uh, some is that real art. macaroni art? <laughs> is that a is that a JPEG of real macaroni art? Is that your random tea? Can That's you imagine disgusting. what a giant regret Vincent Van Gogh would have? He's like, I I committed suicide before I even got to sell Starry Night as an NFT. And he looks wow. at these people selling Rough. monkey like pictures of like weird monkey creatures for more money than he had ever heard of. Like they didn't actually <laughs> invent numbers that high in the time yeah. period which he lived. That's <laughs> He's awesome. Like, why did I dedicate my life to these messy oils when I could have <laughs> word art clip art a monkey together? <laughs> Man. Yeah. Uh, art art is dead. Art is dead. Uh, let's go to a happy note to the roadkill. Yeah. Uh, thank you. <laughs> yeah. I, I, I've got you, bud. Today we really you know, went sideways there. Yeah. Yeah. We really like to talk about things on the show, you know, in the roadkill that are just heart wrenching, but today's just not one of those days. So today's for something a little positive. Uh, Memphis abortion. Whoops. That took a turn. <laughs> Memphis abortion facility to install a playground to promote its family friendly environment. You get that, Chris? They, <laughs> Wait. You get that, Chris? It's like, what? Uh, yeah, you get it. You get it. You understand. <laughs> they're what environment? Family friendly, you know, because they're they're helping. Oh, I get the problem. I see the problem. <laughs> oh, no. Uh oh. This is a joke. It's not what, good. What is this? The bee? No, this is not the bee. So this is real. Oh uh, no. Yeah, $25,000 to Choices Women's Health Center in Memphis, Tennessee in order to build a playground. It's done. Thank you, Shelby County. So, I uh, literally... I can't believe this. Yeah. There is something so dystopian, so Orwellian about the idea of a playground at an abortion clinic. Yeah. That can't actually be real, Hunter. No, it's real. Um, it's a playground for the moms to bring their other children to play. Their uh, other children? <laughs> It will help improve, you know. So what this place does? Oh my god! It does. It deliver. They deliver babies and they perform abortions. Um, so you know they're not. So are they like a general purpose crisis pregnancy center? What do they call themselves? They call themselves a women's health center. So uh, every everything's women's health these days. Yeah, apparently. Um, but it's the other good day, to know. I, my buddy's at his place smoking a giant spliff, and I'm like, "What are you doing?" That he's like, "Women's health." I was like, "Right." Well, just just slap that on everything. It's what a savior. It's a what's that red hot sauce that uh uh Frank's red hot Frank's sauce. red hot. You put that on everything now. That's just women's yeah. healthier, women's health there. Yeah, I love it. But but it's so, good okay. news. In 2020, um, I swear if the ads make me lose my my spot one more time on this i'm going to die uh in 2020 the fili- the facility reported 45 births while only committing just 2399 abortions so you really it's really like targeting wait, wait, the demographic wait, 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 wait. wait yeah 45 births 45 so they're really targeting their demographic with the playground they're really wanting people you know to like the main customer they want to attract them there so. hunter hold on a second i okay uh-huh. i think i might have cracked the code here okay does the slide just lead to an open pit with sharpened bamboo spears hold on hold on wait a minute enhance computer <laughs> oh no i mean literally this could be the world's smallest play- playground you could have only one swing and it would never be full yeah we are beyond satire this is that this is the most ridiculous thing i've ever heard in my entire life it's insane 
It's utterly insane, dude. You know what? This is that's so disgusting to install. Yes. Yes. Uh, a. So, so what, what's the deal? You want kids hanging out at the abortion clinic? Like, did yeah. you think about the? Uh, th- this is the thing. This is what I'm trying to get at. I'm, I'm almost speechless because this is so flabbergasting. It is impossible, impossible for this not to have been an intentional choice. Yes, you cannot exactly. imagine way, yeah. this and not have not imagine the optics of it. Mm. Like, unless the monkey bars are over a snake pit, or you know the rock climbing wall is coated in razor blades, this doesn't make any sense. And you know that they're jeering. Like, you know that this is just a sneering move on behalf of the people that are installing. It 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 is impossible to say in the English language a playground at an abortion clinic. How disgusting! I mean, yeah, that that's like that's a bad joke you tell to your friends when it, you're like 17 and like up too late. You and know this what is I mean? happening in Memphis. Yeah, I expect this out of like a Toronto. Yeah, no, I I hear you. No, this is this is sad. Um, so oh my, it's God. all. It's all bad news. There is this whole thing, too, about, like, that positivity around abortion. You know, like, people recording their abortions taking place and, like, smiling to the camera and saying, like, I need everybody to understand that this can be a positive experience. Hunter, they're, and, they're called snuff films. Okay. and But but you know what I'm trying to say. And I think potentially some of this is being motivated in that direction, which is just horrifying, you know, because those films are horrifying to some extent too not that i've watched them just the description of them sounds uh so disconnected from the reality of what's taking place um and and this does too and i think people are trying to destigmatize uh this stuff and i think it's important to remember you like when we talk about destigmatizing mental health what we don't mean is not saying that the conditions that happen during mental health are not important or anything like that what we mean is like people need to be treated like you don't need to live with a mental health problem Right. And that's what some people hear when they hear that you mm-hmm, need to mm-hmm. resolve that and get it taken care of. And so, like, I think what people need mostly when they're going to facilities like this is not, you know, to is to be is to help them through the trauma of losing a living thing inside of them. Right. And I think like that doesn't need to be positive. It doesn't necessarily need to be a easy, breezy cakewalk. And people need to be there to respond to that. And I think what we see like in these playgrounds and what we see in those videos is that same kind of spirit that's like it's not a big deal and you can have it whenever you need it and just because you're losing this one doesn't mean you can't have another you know and i think that that's absurd is just all i have to say on it so yeah it's it's absurd but not only that i mean you're you're making the case for the if you the benevolent case yeah the benevolent case is still Mm -hmm. flawed yes i agree yeah is that these people need an amazing dose of shame Yes, um, yes, yes. If, You're correct. If, and I, of course, I would, you know, we've talk, discussed this at length. I don't need to go over every position and nuance that I hold. I have episodes and episodes on it that you guys have the ability to go click on. But if if simply shaming women stopped abortions, I would do it in a heartbeat. That's my stance. Uh, hmm. Is that the best way? I'm not saying that it is. But if it worked, I would do it. And if it worked, I would encourage other people to do it too. So, anyhow... Uh, that's just disgusting. That is yes. disgusting. Anyhow, uh, Noah, get the boat. Gabriel, blow the trumpets. <laughs> is it bulls or seals? Anyway. <laughs> Sorry, that's my... It's seals. I, it's, I, I want a, a million seals and a thousand bulls. 
let's just get this over with. Let's get this um, over and with. And so, uh, 75 trumpets, and, and we're going to make uh, Exodus look one like... Trombone. Yeah. One trombone. Yeah. One trombone. Yeah. Look, can you imagine... <laughs> Judas, trumpets. and then one person's just got like a tuba, and you're like, "Oh no, oh, oh, he's about to blow the tuba." That's hysterical. I okay. Absolutely love that. I, I can't even find something horrendous enough to that would come out of the tuba, uh, but I'll think about it. Or write us at carlpooling at gmail dot com and send us what what plague. Be- falls the earth when whichever one we read uh you'll get a free t-shirt and yeah a mail. free t-shirt yeah uh, it's we're not just gonna be one of t-shirt. my old t-shirts <laughs> yes yes you're with me the yeah. uh, the tuba of revelation okay all right um well now that earth is going to end in the next few days <laughs> nothing makes me more mayan than, than a, a playground at an abortion clinic uh, let's go on to today's top story, Hunter. The meat yeah. and potatoes, if you will. Uh, we're going to talk about somebody who really peaked in Little Rascals, as far as I'm concerned. And Jeez by Louise. peaked, I mean it's the highest point in a deep, deep valley. Mm. Uh, Whoopi's Goldberg. Now, with a name like Goldberg, you, I was already writing you this would joke. Think, <laughs> you would think somebody like would be able to visually re- like like see a matzo ball and be and give a shalom. You know what I'm saying? How yes. did she wind up with that last name? And she's in show business. And is this completely friggin' stupid? Of course, what I'm talking about is the moment that occurred on uh january 31st on the view for people who um are uninitiated the view is like a talk show for functionally retarded primitive apes like and i don't mean i mean like primates like where the word primate i mean like a chimpanzee or that thing with a colorful butt that teaches aladdin how to paint uh, I might be mixing up a couple different movies you, there. You are a little bit. <laughs> he's a baboon, right? Anyhow. Well, no, because you, Aladdin, Aladdin, there's no baboon in Aladdin, Chris. It's Lion okay, King. Okay, there is a monkey in Aladdin. <laughs> oh, yeah, okay. and he lives under Simba's hat or something. I don't remember the whole thing. <laughs> okay. The, the point is, is that it's not made for human consumption. The view is <laughs> something <laughs> that you leave on. When you leave your home so your dog can watch it so they stay calm while you're gone. And then the Rottweiler that was sitting there tears the throat out of an 11-year-old girl <laughs> as, soon as, as soon as you get home. The view, it's good for no one's consumption. I don't know how else to get the point across. <laughs> no one should watch the view. Watching the view is like going back in time and instead of stopping the Holocaust, you just go to the Chernobyl meltdown. Oh, whoops. <laughs> it's I not good for human consumption. Forgot to carry the two guys. Time <laughs> travels hard. <laughs> Anyhow, um it it's it's all it's Joy Behar, Whoopi Goldberg, a McCain every once in a while. She left, man. Uh I'm fine with that. And mm-hmm. and also, Hunter, 
How are you so up to date on your view knowledge? I can't remember, you know, how I know that. But also, she picked the wrong time to leave, as far as I'm concerned. Today would have been just a glorious day for her there. Oh, yeah. Um, you know. Someone. Yeah. Um. But anyway, Whoopi Goldberg is kind of the the moderator, kind of the MC of the train wreck. And she makes sure that the cars continuously crash into each other and that nobody's ever allowed the services of a paramedic. She just makes sure that the the train ca- crashes is maintaining its violent momentum. And she's she does a great job at that by consistently not getting the point and making specious arguments that like I said, that that shouldn't be are not fit for human consumption. But today she really she really took the cake. And not just because she only wears moo moo themed shower curtains any longer. Wow. But but I, I don't mean a real a gluten free cake, a, a ethereal the the idea of a cake is what she took, and I understand why you're confused. She probably takes plenty of other cake as well. But today on the show, she had the audacity to say that the Holocaust had nothing to do with race. Um, Hunter, should we just play the clip? Yeah, I think that's a great idea. Yeah. Okay, we're just in case you haven't heard it. Not that there's a single person on on the conservative media that isn't talking about it. In case you haven't heard it. Here it is. Take it away. Whoopi Goldberg and company. Well, also, if you're going to do this, then let's be truthful about it, because the Holocaust isn't about race. No. No. It's not about race. It's a different race. But it's it's not about race. It's not about race. What is it about? Because it's about man's inhumanity to man. That's what it's about. But it's about white supremacy. It's well, about but it's not, it's not about ideal race. But these are two Roma. white groups of people. Well, they how do we have to black people see them as white people? And they but you're missing the point. You're missing yeah. the point. The yeah. minute you turn it into race, it goes down this alley. Let's talk about it for what it is. It's how people treat each other. It's a problem. It doesn't matter if you're black or white, because black, white, Jews, uh, it's ha- everybody. Eats each other. All right, so <laughs> well done. Not great. <laughs> a little rough. A little rough around the edges. A little rough. Now, you you notice from that clip a couple of different things. One, that is there not a single sane person left on that show? Mm-hmm. Is nobody? Does nobody have the fortitude to say that this is insane? Right. Like when when did we start apologizing for Hitler on the view? And nobody on the show, everyone just sits there kind of just you know, twirling uh. their thumbs trying to add this weird context instead of confronting what is absolutely an anti-Semitic lie. Yes. Uh, yes. Insane. Insane. I don't know what point Whoopi was trying to make. I know what point she lied and said she was trying to make because we have some more context, but yep. uh, swing and a miss. So the feedback was harsh. It was severe. It was immediate. You'll uh, also, I, I, let me just be clear. I'm not trying to cancel Whoopi. I'm just trying to let Whoopi cancel herself. Uh, <laughs> are you going <laughs> to really like 
flirt with Holocaust denial in Hollywood. Mm. Interesting tactic. Mm-hmm. So, anyhow, the later that day, as the feedback's coming in, you know, immediate intense feedback. She realizes mild. That- Nobody <laughs> saw it. <laughs> Just, well, that's just, the, just, that's the amazing part about this. Yes, I cannot believe that this story actually broke, because <laughs> that requires that somebody was watching the view. <laughs> you want to talk about something that really says something about the state of of, of discourse in America? It's not that the no view doubt. is on TV; it's that some suckers <laughs> tuning in. Yeah. Uh, anyhow, uh, wow. That. That uh, befuddles <laughs> befuddles the mind. <laughs> Such a low hanging joke. I love it. Thank you. It's so good. Thank you. Yeah. If you've ever seen any of Joy Behar's films, it's amazing that like the cameras union doesn't have <laughs> contracts precluding they ever be pointed at her. Wow. Anyhow, the 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 feedback came in, and Whoopi tweeted her response this was her first round her her publicist calling her wildly this is her first attempt to reingratiate herself with the american populace i quote on today's show i said the holocaust is not about race but about um, about man's inhumanity to man end quote i should have said it is about both hang on to that sentence as jonathan greenblatt from the anti-defamation league shared Quote, the Holocaust was about the Nazi systematic annihilation of the Jewish people, who they deemed to be an inferior race, end quote. I stand corrected. The Jewish people around the world have always had my support, and that will never waver. I'm sorry for the hurt I have caused. Written with my sincerest apologies, comma, Whoopi Goldberg. Now, I have about 10 quadrillion problems with that and they're not surface level problems they they go a little bit deeper than that but then hunter what was also interesting is she went on the colbert show that night yeah, so she did like, like was, the whirlwind apology to her well it looks like she was already scheduled to go on and talk about a book or something she was writing for i can't remember exactly what are it you was. actually trying to convince me right now on this show are you trying do I look like I was born yesterday, Hunter? Uh, from the, you I mean you can watch the videos? Who taught Colbert. Whoopi how to write? <laughs> <laughs> okay, I'm sorry. It's not going to stop though. Okay, you don't get to be um, this stupid on national television and have my continued get away respect. With it. Yeah, yeah. No, I. But but Colbert, he announces that she's there to do something, and literally the first question out of his mouth is, "Now you made a big deal today on the View, and then no 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 Holocaust, right?" So. Right, right, right. Um, and she goes back and forth. She makes this bizarre statement that for her as a black woman, um, that race is something you can see, right? Mm-hmm. And you can't. She she makes this crazy statement. She makes it a couple times, which is unhinged. That you can't tell who the Jewish people are by sight. And I'll just mm-hmm. go ahead and tell you that is wrong. That that's mm-hmm. just that's just openly wrong. Like when you like when people used to say it was racist to get like Chinese people and Korean people confused. 
you can tell them apart. It's not it's yeah. not super easy, you know, yeah. and, and you'll need a little practice, but it's totally doable. And mm-hmm. that doesn't mean you're going to be right 100% of the time, but the idea that no. you can't tell an Anglo-Saxon German apart from a Jew is just inaccurate. It's just right. inaccurate. Right. Um, not a perfect rule. It's just not true. And then Colbert. Obviously, obviously Ashkenazi Jews are... That that line gets closer, right? As oh yeah, far as of like course. a Middle Eastern or Jew, but but yeah, but I, I understand what you're saying. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It, it, she, I don't have so much problem with saying if someone would say, "Oh, I couldn't tell that that individual was Jewish." It's the categorization, right? Where yeah. you go, like you can't you you can't tell Jews apart from white people. It's like, um, yeah, yes, you can. Yeah, you can um, though. She she reasserts that. Both Jews and white people are white, which is something that she says you heard earlier in the clip on The View, two white people. And then um, she, she, Colbert actually bizarrely jumps to her defense and says that that's the reason they had to pin gold stars on the Jews so they could tell that they were Jews. That has got to be the stupidest. I mean, that's stupid on every conceivable level. That wasn't, that was, it was not necessary to identify. They were putting them in ghettos. They were rounding them up and making them prisoners. They tattooed their wrists. They didn't have to put a badge on their jacket to, to identify them as Jews. It wasn't like they were walking around with German school children and you're like, do you have a gold star on your patch? No, (laughs) this is very stupid. This is insanely stupid to say Mm -hmm. that that is the reason. No, there was plenty of things that identified them as being prisoners. And by the way, it wasn't just Jews. It was, you know, Eastern Europeans, Romanski as well, um, and, and others, disabled, all, all different kinds of people that were viewed as inferior, right? So there was there was all different sorts that were marked as prisoners, and, and it was not the purpose of the star was to other people, not to, so that you could pick them out of a crowd. It's just mm. a very stupid thing to say. Mm. And then finally, at the end of the interview, and this is, this is, maybe we'll play this clip too. But she says that she hears other people's point of view, that she was, not even that she was incorrect, that she doesn't share it and that she'll just be quiet now. So that's Whoopi Goldberg's yesterday. Here, here's where I'm going to go with this. This seems like just a classic blunder from a bumbling fool who's been elevated by liberal media establishment. Yes. I contend that it's deeper than that. I contend that if you go and you look at what was said and you look at the way in which it was defended and where the distance between Whoopi and that statement was put, that we can actually glean some very useful insights into what people who subscribe to critical race theory and intersectional oppression politics actually think i think i think we actually have a beautiful window into the ugly underbelly of robin d'angelo and ibram x kendi 
and Michael Eric Dyson. I think we've got a portal view here. That's what we're going to discuss on today's show. Uh, so, Hunter, the circus plays out. You stay for all five rings. What's your immediate takeaway after you know watching these clips and seeing this come out? Um, to a lot of extent, it's where where you're headed with what you're talking about there before. Is it's obvious to me that Whoopi is um, not educated or not very intelligent on this point, right? And and the easiest way I think to see that is because, well, what about the Irish and the Italians when they came to America? Was that a racist uh, sin? You know, when when we discriminated against them, and it's like, or was that white on white crime? You know, and it's and it doesn't add up in any real way. Um, we obviously discriminated against another people not based on their looks, but based on their race, right? And they're 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 and she, she makes she a. Might- inarticulately call that an ethnicity well that's what i was going to say is i'm not i don't really know what the difference between ethnicity and race is um and maybe that's me being an idiot but i i think i would use them to describe the same thing right and like um i would you know, i would say there's a german ethnicity and i would say there's a french ethnicity you know if that makes sense yeah yeah uh, and and we might all be anglo racially right sure but then sure. there's or European racially, but then there's this there's these ethnic groups that subdivide. Let let me let me put your question in a little bit of a different light because this is kind of the the best possible defense for Whoopi. Um, uh-huh. Hating someone for their ethnic group and hating someone for the color of their skin are different. Why? Which which one is more evil than the other one? Um, I I think they're both very evil. I don't. I, I, I guess agree, I'm not understanding where you're going. You. This that is where I'm going. Okay. Like, I can understand a couple things. Like for one, if you were let's say Irish and you came over to America and they were horribly discriminated against, right? Um, sure. You might be able to pass as not being Irish some of the time, right? So sure. maybe that makes it a little bit different as far as the effect. Whereas if you're black, you're black. You know what I'm saying? Like you're never going to pass for not being black. And so sure. if you're in the South in early the American, minute I open my mouth, time, yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm not saying it's it's good, but but change perspectives for a second, not to the experience of the person being oppressed, but to the person doing the oppressing mm-hmm. they're both picking on characteristics that cannot be changed you're both targeting an immutable characteristic and prejudicing your decision making your treatment of a person based around those immutable characteristics you can't right. change what ethnic group you're from you can't change what race you are from so I, from a moral perspective like i it's the same as eye color it's an immutable characteristic, and we've used eye color as an analog to teach about racism before, right, mm-hmm. in all-white classrooms. So that, to me, just seems like it, it seems like a non-starter. Now, Whoopi is over here saying that racism has some kind of skin color component. I mean, she says it directly in the clip, that racism mm-hmm. has some kind of skin color component that makes it darker and more demonic than just 
white on white ethnic bashing that she makes up. Mm -hmm. That is the best possible read of her statement, but it doesn't make any sense in my Mm -hmm. opinion. You know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah, no, I, I mean, I go back to the Irish and I go back to the Italians who, you know, the Italians compared to like, uh, people like in, you know, the British Isles or whatever, you know, they, they're, they were at one point a fair bit darker, you know, by, by old standards, if that sort of makes sense. And like, it's only in the newer age that we live in that those have been kind of massaged over and over time that we don't see them anymore. Um, if that makes sense. And so I, I feel like in a lot of ways, the argument that she's making just proves, you know, the lack of history, right. The lack of context around what, what, uh, constitutes racism, right? And the a lack of the knowledge of the races in the world too, and what they are and where they interact, and a very very simple minded worldview of what racism is, based on the understanding of what she sees in her day to day in America from her perspective, right? And so, and how that conversation gets uh, framed around her. Um, so it seems quite misguided. Uh, yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. And I think also that that defense of her only lasts until she puts out her apology. I think once she puts out her apology, the game is over. So maybe we should talk about that. Because okay. um, that was, she could have come out and said, for instance, um, I was trying to make a point about the difference between race and ethnicity. And I did a poor job differentiating the two. Um, and also, you know, there are, there's, there's a little, there's only little difference in the effects of discrimination versus race versus discrimination of ethnicity. Right. So maybe, maybe she could have come out and made that argument and said, and that would excuse that a statement like the Holocaust had nothing to do with race. Mm-hmm. She doesn't do that. She comes out and says that she should have said it is about both race and man's inhumanity to man. Now, she clarifies on the Colbert show, I believe, that she sees Jews, she says it on, on the main show and then, and then reasserts that she sees Jews as white, that white people are white and Jews are white. And so it's, it's not a racial issue but then on the colbert show uh, right near the end the late show or whatever it's called these days um she says that you guys have written in you've let me know that you are your own race she kind of dismisses it um but she acknowledges that people feel that way you know Mm -hmm. so that is super interesting she also says that she should have said both so this is a this is a really telling area. I told you to hang on to that sentence. So first of all, let's analyze the thing she said about it being white on white crime. That is and she's not excusing what the Nazis did necessarily, but she is saying that it's not equitable with racist crime. Right? She's making yes, a differentiation absolutely. in the morality of it. Right. She's she's like. wanting to explain how she can tell her children about the Holocaust. And she yeah. thinks using a racial context is the wrong way to explain it to them. 
Yeah, and, and you've got to think that that stems from a desire to have the ultimate holocaust, if you will, for yourself because Be, it, there's right. a racial component to the crime, right? Correct. And so she yep. wants to make sure that she massages and softens the edges of the Holocaust so that it doesn't look like they lost the oppression Olympics. And this is why. Mm. This is why. Because Jews do not rank as low on the totem pole of intersectional hierarchy as black people do. Plain and simple. Mm-hmm. The intersectional hierarchy tells us that there's white people at the top and then just Jews, just one layer down, and then you go all the way down here, and then you find Asians, and then you go all the way down here, and then you find black people and women and and trans dogs and people with prosthetic Lego limbs, or I don't know what. Mm -hmm. You know, midgets are somewhere down there. How did we not talk about that guy? Um, The angry elf, the little angry elf. Oh, Um, Peter Dinklage. Yeah, Dinklage. Dude, your last name's Dinklage. You've made your bucks being a famous short person and now just like every other jack and ape you're closing the door behind you because it was fine when you made fun of midgets with will ferrell for a million dollars but it's not fine for anybody to do it after you what a mm. joke you are anyhow but but Whoopi rates way lower on the intersectional the intersectional hierarchy and what that means is that because she's black she's more oppressed than someone who's a jew right that's what intersectional politics tells us and, and intersectional theory tells us um same with critical theory you know there's oppressors there's oppressed we have to analyze every single different situation through the context of race um and race has got to be a component of how we view the world it has to be part of our our lens and our makeup so when you add intersectionality into that you get into these arguments that are like the kendi arguments or or the robin d'angelo arguments that the level of oppression from which you make your claim is directly proportional to the veracity of such a claim and it's why people like candace owens make these people's heads pop like overdue pimples because they cannot comprehend that somebody is so intersectional and saying things that are so unwoke they hate mm. no, they they hate no one more than a black female who won't toe the party line they despise her they despise her because she's not a slave to their mentality so anyway uh that is what the intersectional hierarchy tells us right so you can't have the jews with the greatest oppression story it's unacceptable right. to the ideology that the view and whoopee purport to have so you have to somehow explain away the 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 racial component of the Holocaust and just say, well, it's just evil people being evil. And she says that they're both white. Well, in the, in her view, and she's been very clear about this, white is tantamount to oppression and white people are tantamount to the oppressors. And so she's saying basically, well, these oppressors were oppressing these oppressors. And why should one be surprised that an oppressor goes around oppressing? Is it remarkable in any way? Not to me. Right. You know what I'm saying? Right. Mm-hmm. You, you you call them oppressors, you call them oppressors, and you're like, oh, well, some of the oppressors got caught up in the own, their own oppression engine. So there's not a racial component to it, right? It wasn't that bad. It's just man being inhumane to man. But mm-hmm. by man, I mean white men. And by inhumane, I mean oppressive, doing the oppressing. It all fits back into the rubric. Do you understand what I'm saying? Yes. And then her apology. She should have said that it's both. There's a huge issue here, and it kind of is hiding itself. She said, it's, it, 
was about man's human humanity to man and not about race. She doesn't come back and say, I was wrong. She comes back and says she should have said both. And this is really telling when you look at the logical train that is being followed here. The Holocaust was 100% about race. 100%. Now, I don't mean exclusively. There was work to be done at the camps and they needed a common enemy to unite the people and you know they had to feed the Vormacht and whatever they were doing right but the selection mechanism was race they were systematically eliminating an identifiable race of people with a distinct common heritage mm -hmm. six million of them are dead because of it She says she should have said both. It's a category error. Hunter, maybe I can walk you through this with, with some examples. Okay. If I say that, let's say, let's say we've got some kind of firm and there's a guy named Terry. And Terry, How tall is, he? Uh, Terry is 200 feet tall okay. and exceptionally uh, old. No, uh, I no. painted a picture. I can this live in this mind castle with you. Standard guy, Terry. Oh, okay. And let's say that people are always coming to Terry for help. Yeah, I love Terry. Well, Terry's a man, and so I can make <gasps> this. I can make this statement. I can make the statement. Well, people are always coming to Terry for help, and you know he's a guy, so that's why people are coming to Terry for help because he's a dude. Right? How could you? Maybe that's true. Maybe it's not. Here's a critique that someone could make of it. So I made a categorical argument about Terry. I said, here's yep. what Terry is. Terry's a guy. That's the category. That's uh, why people are going to him. Things that are Terry. And I'm going to use that explanatorily and exculpatorily in explaining why people go to Terry for help. Okay. Someone could come back and say to me, though... Well, Terry's also been an engineer in the industry for 30 years. Okay, right. that shoots some holes in my argument, right? Yep. Because yep. what they're saying is you've made a category exclusionary error. You excluded something from the category of what is Terry that is more profound in explaining why people are going to him for, for help, right? Sure. So yep. you, you didn't explain the category of Terry well enough. You drew lines around something that shouldn't have been excluded. Yep, makes sense. Right. And so, then you have some options to make. You have some options to make. You could say, you know, Terry is a man, and he is an engineer with 30 years of experience. I probably belittled Terry's achievements and his experience by saying that the only reason people were going to him was a man. Uh, I'm going to retract my argument. So you could you could have some humility and do that and make a retributive apology that recaptures and defeats your initial claim, right? That's one way to to carry on. Mm -hmm. Another way to carry on is to make a the argument, and it sounds very similar at the beginning. Listen to this, though. You might not even disagree with this. I don't. Well, yeah, Terry's a man. And you're right. I should have mentioned he is a man and an engineer of 30 years experience. 
But Sue has been an engineer in the industry for 40 years. And people still go to Terry over Sue. Right. So I heard your criticism. The criticism stayed the same. It was a category exclusionary criticism. In both cases, I made an additive defense. I added on to my category to defend against your argument. Now, in some cases, I made, I made the additive defense and then retreated right? Rescinded my previous argument. In the Mm -hmm. second case, I made the additive defense and then continued my argument with more context, right? But in both cases, I make the additive defense because you're upset that I did not fully capture the category of Terry to represent my argument. Yep. This is what Whoopi tries to do. It is wrong. (laughs) It is sneaky. She says, I should have said it is about both. Wrong. Nobody is upset with what you didn't say, Whoopi. Nobody is upset that you left race out. No, no one is upset with what you didn't say. Everyone is upset with what you said. You mm-hmm. said time and time and time again. And you didn't misspeak. It wasn't a slip of the tongue or a misunderstanding. You said repeatedly, repeatedly, that the Holocaust had nothing to do with race. You cannot make an additive defense. No one is mad that you didn't include race. You didn't, you explicitly excluded it. It is a problem with what you said. For instance, it's way different for me to go around saying Terry is a man and not mentioning that he's also an engineer then if I walked walked around and just started saying, Terry's not an engineer. There's right. Terry, Terry has nothing to do with engineering. Yes. Terry's never been an engineer. Right. Terry probably can't even spell engineer. Why? Right. Because one of them... It's too many letters. It's too many letters. <laughs> one of them is denial. One of yes, them is exactly. denying the facts on the ground, which is exactly what Whoopi did. She denied a racial component to the Holocaust, which is why people are upset and why the epithet of Holocaust denier is extremely fitting here. Because you took the Holocaust and because you're so addicted to critical theory and, and intersectionalism that you tried to poo-poo it away into something that wasn't a, a genocide based on race. You tried mm-hmm. to make it something smaller. Right. And this is why, like, Kendi's and Brainiacs can sit in ivory towers mm-hmm. and talk about this conversation and leave it all in the academic world. And there aren't a lot of consequences because they can say weird things like, oh, well, you know, what happened to the Jewish people is, of course, terrible and bad. And it's it's not similar to the racism that people experienced in America, nor, you know, do Jewish people struggle in the same way black people do when they walk into restaurants and ask for service, you know? And then, like, you can see, like, ah, yeah, I get it. I listen to you, Kendi. I can process that. When the population <laughs> attempts to take those ideas and listens to them in their lectures and then brings them out into the public sphere into a way where they actually get lived out in front of people, the consequences of them are denialism of what people are, the destruction of the very thing the ideas are meant to protect, and out-and-out evil. Out-and-out evil. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And, and, And that's so critical. There, there's because there's a there's an insane sleight of hand that's going on here, sure. And and 
that you'll miss it. You'll read her apology and you'll go, okay, she's saying it's both and. I may or may not disagree with that. But what that what that precludes you from realizing is that no, she's lie. She's she is covering up the lie because mm. just like in the Terry example, where you know, remember, she's not going around saying Terry's a man and forgetting to mention these an engineer. She's saying Terry's not an engineer. In that yep. same manner, in that same manner, when you make an additive defense, which is what she made. When you make an additive defense, you can do so without rescinding your prior claim. You're right. And, and this that's is, exactly this is, the, uh, the, what I showed with the, the second example where I said, okay, yes, he's also a man. I'm going to make the additive defense. But my prior claim is still valid because I have a, a contrasting example, a contrasting category, category comparison where I can show you that the functional difference is that he is a man. And so you don't is... have to rescind your prior claim to make an additive apology, which is what she's doing in this tweet. Sure. It's key. But it, it's also obvious when you see her go on Colbert that yes. she doesn't really agree with the tweet either. Right. And so some PR person typed that up for her and said, Whoopi, would you send this? Are you good with this? Let me tweak this. Let me mess around with that. Send. Right. You're saying this is what I need to do right now. OK, I'll do it. You know, who knows how that tweet got concocted. I'm obviously purporting a theory. I don't know. But it's clear that what she wrote there was either under duress or what she felt at the time she was supposed to say. It's not the same person that was on stage speaking at, on The View. And it's not the same person that was on uh, Stephen Colbert's show and having that conversation with Stephen. What's right? the, and what's so the, whether, walk us through the difference you saw in the Stephen Colbert bit. I agree with you, but walk us through it. Well, in the Stephen Colbert bit, she um, she basically says at the end, as we've already alluded to, is that, you know, I hear that people are saying, you know, that uh, that my thoughts and my actions and my perception and all this uh, was wrong. And I hear you and I'll never say it again, which is, uh, you she know, she specifically I'll never bring it up again. Right. Exactly. Mm-hmm. And so that, that that's important. And because what she's really trying to say is that. My opinion is obviously not kosher, right? And so she she's saying that, and I get that, but I'm not changing it, and you're all wrong, essentially. Yeah, instead right? of she's growing, sticking to I'll guns. just be wrong silently. I'll be wrong silently, yeah. yeah. I will live in my own incorrect bubble, which shows the unwillingness to learn and shows the, the small-mindedness of this whole exchange, right? And so yes. it's one of the things that makes me nervous is because it's very, very possible for intellectuals to have these ideas and to not to manage them in such a way that it doesn't come to play in the real world. Does that make sense? Yes. And it's, it's that point that is this beautiful window. Okay. This, this distraction, this, this contrast between the academic held belief, mm-hmm. the deification of the academic who fools you, yeah, and the the eyes wide shut ability to ignore the consequences of holding such a belief. Yes, yes, let, that's good. Let me wrap this this in a little package. There's a reason that Whoopi made an additive defense in her tweet and not a retributive rescinding of her prior statement when she learned that it was wrong. She does not believe she is wrong. Mm-hmm. Let me also say this. If any conservative was on The View that day, Megan, why'd you leave? Somebody tried to say this, 
they would fillet them on live TV. Yeah. There is no way you'd get out of there with someone saying, you lack context, which is basically what the other members of the View couch did. They were like, well, right. it was that, da, 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 da. Someone would come out and say, no, that is 100% Holocaust denialism. It absolutely had everything to do with race. Hitler was trying to systematically oppress and remove the Jewish race from the face of planet Earth after he worked them to death. So Imagine, imagine if Megan had said it. Yeah. Oh, now would, imagine and now imagine whose show she would go on the same night and get the soft pedal treatment to to apologize in front of everyone. Exactly, for it. exactly, and not to rescind. She would yeah. she would be forced Mea culpa. in sack, yeah. sackcloth to eat a a bowl after bowl of her own words, but not not Whoopi. Whoopi gets the Colbert treatment where she gets to yes. go on and say, "Oh, you know, I was actually right, and I'm going to yep. be sassy yep. about and that." Gets away with it, and yep. I'll get away yep. with it. And here's why: because nobody. And this is the greater point that we can take away from this. Nobody actually thinks Whoopi is wrong. They're annoyed that Whoopi said it out loud. Like I mentioned earlier, if it's just a couple white people, if it's just oppressors oppressing oppressors, it's not really remarkable. Nobody cares. And you know what? She's right. She's right. If you play by the intersectional rules, if you play by the intersectional rules, then... Man, Jews and white people are so high above you on the totem pole. Isn't that a difference in kind? If the disparity and the evil is marked by the disparity, if we're going to measure all disparity as inequality, as as racial maligned interest, and the greater the disparity, the greater the maligned interest, if that's the way that we're go- that we're going to view the world, then are two groups sitting right next to each other really that big of a deal? Well, it's certainly not a bit as big of a deal as the group at the top picking it on the group at the bottom, right? Like it's right, certainly right. got to be a yes. difference in kind there. Yes, yes. So, I'm not, she's not really wrong. It's not. Uh, yeah, was it bad? Yeah, was it prejudice? Sure, but was it really a race thing? Was it really what Ibram X. Kendi is talking about? Is the, it the the? Th- Go ahead. The the thing here that it's like so critical is it's not necessarily that people agree. It's and they do, and I'm not taking your point away. What I'm trying to say is that they lack the argument for which to explain why she's wrong. And that it gets worse though. In my opinion, it's I'm even sure. worse than that. In my I'm opinion, sure, it's yeah. worse than that. Because you and you're hundred percent correct. They can't explain why it's wrong. Because it's actually yes. according to your logic, it's right. Yes, it's exactly. Right. Yeah, they've if, accepted the logic without understanding the consequences of the logic. Exactly. Well said. If if you buy into intersectionalism, she is correct. It's just oppressors oppressing oppressors, and why does anyone care, or why is anyone surprised? Mm. But then, all of a sudden, you walk down that road, mm-hmm. and you're forced to defend Hitler. Yeah, which is what she did. I'm not saying she was glad Hitler did what she did, but she is toning down the Holocaust—a yes, horrible thing to do. That—that's exactly right. And, and you're making these soft pedal excuses for Hitler because your underlying assumptions are wrong. Let me tell you another way, place that this happens. Palestinians, quote, scare quotes, are more oppressed than Jews, mm-hmm. right? And by the way, women are more oppressed than men, but forget that for a minute. <laughs> Palestinians are more oppressed than Jews. So when we look at the Israeli conflict, 
we have to preference the plight of the Palestinian over the plight of the Jews. Why? Well, the Palestinians are worse off. The Jews have things like running water and like heat in their homes and stuff. And a lot of Palestinians don't. You ask yourself the question, why? Well, you talk to an intersectionalist and they'll tell you that it's because of systemic inequalities, typically based around race, right? Or sex or whatever it might be, but it's systemic inequalities. You've heard this before. Systemic racism, right? You've heard this Mm -hmm. before. And so that any disparity can be explained away by systemic racism. That's what you've been told. And so you look at the Jewish parts of Israel and you're like, wow, those are nice. And you look at the quote unquote Palestinian parts of Israel and you go, wow, what a dump. And you go, well, obviously there's a systemic imbalance of power. Now, what that causes you to do is it causes you have to throw out the window the three treaties that came with land grants that Israel has honored and given to the Palestinian Authority and Hamas and the Muslim Brotherhood. You have to ignore all of those. You have to ignore the fact that the people in the Gaza Strip continuously elect someone with a charter that says they will wipe every Israelite off the face of planet Earth, every Jew off the face of planet Earth. You have to ignore that, right? You have to uh, also ignore that, that rockets are launched from Gaza and the West Bank into Israel on an almost daily basis, and they could stop whenever they wanted to. They could always just stop, and all the rockets would stop. You could ignore the fact that they're constantly trying to dig tunnels to run bomb vests into the interior of Israel. You could ignore, you have to ignore all that, right? And here's the reason that the Palestinians are poor and, and, and oppressed, if you will, they're oppressed by their own decision making. Yeah, they are constantly peace is available to them at any moment. The peace is available at any moment. They are constantly pissing on Superman's boots, and they're getting frustrated that they occasionally get kicked. But you could stop any time that you wanted. You could stop any time that you wanted. You're oppressed because of your decision making. Hey, does that sound familiar? Hey, what? Why are why are you know black people in America? Why why is the single motherhood rate? Uh, you know, double that of the white community? Why is there like a one to four uh, ratio of babies born into out of wedlock? Is it white people that are sitting around forcing you to have unprotected sex with someone that you're not married with? Mm. Or maybe do bad people just make poor decisions that make their life worse? And by the Mm. way, that it's not a racist claim. It's not a racist claim because guess what? White people, white white people are poor when they do that too. White yeah. people, on average, are poor when they have babies out of wedlock. And it's immoral and it's wrong. And I, I could say exactly the same things about it. It's not a racist claim. You are often oppressed by your own crappy behavior. That's just the truth of it. Just like in the Middle East. But, 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 we've got, because there's the disparity, we have to look at our critical theory and go, a disparity equals systemic racism. So there must be systemic racism against the Palestinians in the Middle East. So that's why you have all these lefty liberal laws defending the nonsense that is going on in the Middle East. But here's what happens. Here's what happens. You become a rape apologist. You become a homophobia apologist. You know what? You become, you become a theocratic tyranny apologist. Right now in Israel, they are, they are, there are Jews and Muslims living together in all of the Jewish sections of Israel. And there is not a single living known Jew in the Muslim sections of Israel because they would be put to death. And rape is weaponized and a way of life. You, look at what's happening as the Taliban 
restructures in Afghanistan after uh, President Brandon's triumphant pullout. Yeah. The rape, rape is a daily, daily reality. You don't want to talk about it because that's Islamophobic to say that they're raping people at an alarming rate in a Genghis Khan style gene pool altering rate is what's happening over there. But you don't care about that. You don't care about that rape. No, you care about rape that happens on college campuses and you make up a statistic like one in four women. Whereas 100% of women in, the, in Afghanistan right now are living in abject sex slavery and you don't care. You have to make up lies about college campuses so that you can be bothered to care about rape. Mattress girl. Mattress girl. So you can be bothered to care about rape. It's the exact same symptom. You bought into a crappy framework and the crappy framework causes you to defend the worst people on planet Earth. Whether they're the rapists in Afghanistan or Hitler himself, you will soft pedal them in your effort to justify your insane position. Because you do not have the moral character to admit that you were fooled so significantly by these, these talentless hack hucksters who sold you a bill of goods like all all disparities can be explained away by race you have to continue to elevate the the fool all the time ignoring that the emperor is not wearing any clothes so that you can sleep at night because you've been sold such a big lie and you know it and you know it and you know it so when Whoopi goldberg says that it has nothing to do with race she gets poo-pooed by the heartthrob of the liberal media Stephen Colbert she gets to give an additive apology on Twitter and not a single soul on the view has the temerity to call her out for it because you do not disagree because to disagree would admit would force you to admit just how significantly you've been fooled Mm. Mm. man that's exactly right Um, well Chris this podcast like so many podcasts removes certain dreams from my life um, and now that I'm never going to be able to make it onto the view, the only thing that can truly quench my wounded and hurt spirit is to go punch dance my rage out in a forest with, of course, the proper supplements to only to give me the metabolic energy as well as the uh, muscle growth once I complete that ferocious, growing, soul-rending exercise in the grasp of Mother Nature. And of course... The place I'm talking about that can provide me with all those supplements and goodies is fnxfit.com. Hunter, are you? Do you ever get in the middle of a particular rep and you just shout the word anabolic into the wild? Oh, of course. Sometimes I even say <laughs> mitochondria is the powerhouse of the cell, but Man, that's that typically that's typically only when like uh, you know. Uh, Anyone from high school that or anyone that graduated from high school is near me, so yeah, you know, well, I try they, to be relevant. They can really relate to that. Um, sure. Here's the thing. You're you're pasty. <laughs> you're pathetic. You're practically a liquid. Um, yeah. Your child didn't need to buy cornstarch at the sur- at the store because if they wanted to play with a non-Newtonian fluid, they could just jiggle your arm fat. <laughs> no. You absolutely need <laughs> that. That was great. I write that one down. <laughs> um, yeah. You absolutely yeah. need some supplements. You're not going to get there by rote. You have lost the opportunity for an analog system. You must now go to the digital and, and enhance yourself with 
tinctures and pills and supplements. FNXFit.com slash carlpooling or carlpooling.com slash FNX. When you get there, use checkout code carlpooling for one five percent off. Tell them we sent you. They can't. They will not know what you mean. Um, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> there's absolutely no way that they know what you mean. Hey, I'm at Chris X Carl. He's at Emotional Carl. Find the show at carlpooling.com. Rate us on all of the things. You can now leave a review on Spotify. So I, I know plenty of you who have been listening. I've been talking to you recently, so you probably know who I'm thinking about when I say this because I've been having conversations with you. If you do not leave me a review on iTunes, I sw- uh, our friendship will be over. And look, maybe that's what you want. Maybe this is your way of telling me. That's fine. But I'm about to take a whole lot of hints, okay? So write a <laughs> review on iTunes. Um, and, of course, five stars if you hate the show and if you quote to quote the interminable Andrew Clavin, also five stars if you hated it so we'd know where to find your review quickly. Um, all right. Hunter, anything else? Oh, yeah. Uh, I've got one more thing. Just a long, long walk, short peer award. Honorary and perpetuity, postmus, primus, all of the different different Latin things that you can have awarded endlessly ad nauseum to Whoopi Goldberg. No one has ever deserved it more than you, you credulous, Holocaust-denying, quote, show host. Uh, what an insane <laughs> world we live in. Mm. Yeah. Mm. Uh, I don't have anything else. Sick. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, man. Always a laugh. All right. You know what to do. If you're out there, get tested.